When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger Radio Show Podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. In fact, the name badger probably comes from the French word beche, meaning... It's that badger style. Hi everybody, welcome along to the Cricket Badger podcast in association with Cricket365. It's James, as always, taking you through this week. And a very special guest I have in store for you. Up my sleeve, raring to go, it's only David Bumble Lloyd. International cricketer, Lancashire legend, umpire, coach and now much loved media pundit with Sky... Bumble takes on the Cricket Badger 20 questions this week in his own inimitable style. It's that Badger style. Great pleasure then this week to welcome to the Cricket Badger podcast, Cricket Royalty, David Bumble Lloyd. How are you, sir? I'm all right. I'm well travelled. The weather's terrific. Uh, it's a bit hectic at the minute with all the one-day internationals and, of course, the World Cup's coming. But I'm not working on that for whatever reason, so I'm a bit of a fraud in the cricket season. <laughs> I've got about five weeks off. It's, it's a big season, though, for cricket, isn't it? It's a, it's a huge opportunity for the game, Bumble, to put his hand up and say... Cricket's here, cricket's to be loved, with the World Cup and the Ashes to follow. Well, it's, it's a great year, and, and especially, you know, if you're a cricketer, if you're playing in this era, you know, it's marvellous if you get selected in either that World Cup or the Ashes. And it's the same for, for all countries. It's the pinnacle of, of a career, and I wish them all well. I just need a little bit of weather. And it's nice that that World Cup is in the UK. And weather will be key. Uh, you know, there's that many people. And who's going to win it? What's, who's going to play? Who's going to play instead of John Archer. Let's just, just hang on and see what the weather's going to be like. Get the sunshine out first, day. Eh? I saw a comment on Twitter this morning from somebody who uh, follows me. He was saying that 
yeah, it's great. It's great to see Bairstow so getting centuries and all this kind of stuff. But what's in it for the bowlers these days? You know, these massive scores, 350, 400. Does it get a little bit monotonous, do you think, these ODIs, where it just runs, runs, runs? Well, I was at Bristol and, you know, that 358 and chased down in 45 overs, was it? It was a fantastic spectacle of stroke play. The bowlers were almost just dishing it up. Um, there are many things, that, but the spectators at the ground, and I watched closely, the spectators had a ball. They loved it. The ball was in the crowd for a lot of the time, so many sixes. So if you step back, you can say, well, you know, there's got to be a little bit more for the bowlers. And, and if you want my opinion, is the pitch, the pitch and the boundaries. And I, I, I hate it if I ever, and please shoot me if I go back to in my day, but... It wasn't unusual to see a, a, an all-run five and certainly fours. You're not going to get that now because the boundaries are in for some sort of reason called health and safety. And so at, the, at, the, at all cricket grounds now at international level, there are three boundaries. There's the peripheral boundary, there's the advertising board, and the cushion boundary. So you get three boundaries, and, and so they're in. You're in 10, 15 metres, sometimes 20 from what the original boundaries were. So that is a factor. And the other thing is that the pitches produced are quite bland and they're easy paced. They're about stump eye bounce. I don't believe for a minute that groundsmen can't get more pace in these pitches because the thrill of the game is pace bowling and it really does sort the men out from the boys. It certainly sorted me out. I was a far better player when it was medium pace and spin and if it's really quick and a bowler can bend his back at 90 miles an hour, it's disconcerting for a batsman if he's got the pitch and it's searing through. Don't, I mean, I, it leaves me cold when I see players with enormous records and that's just a stats fest on flat pitches. Any flatter, they'll be serving it in envelopes. <laughs> Let's get on to these questions then, Bumble, because I, I appreciate you got five weeks off this summer, but I don't want to keep you for all five of those weeks. First question. If not a cricketer, what would you have done with your life? And your life in cricket has been multidimensional player, international player, you're a coach, you're an umpire, and now in the commentary box, cricket's given you a lot. What would you have done if you hadn't had all that? I'd have been a plumber. and I got a, an apprentice uh, to, uh, to be a plumber with a local council, and I reckon that's where I'd have been because I would be quite interested in it, and I think it's a damn good job. Try and get a plumber. Well, they get paid enough. That's it. You get, I mean, it's a good living. And you work for yourself and you've got your own timetables and holidays. It'd be quite nice to be a plumber. Who has been the biggest influence on your career? That might be as a player or a commentator. Take your bit. Certainly none of those two. Uh, my dad would have been, uh, he's a, a lovely fellow, my dad. He was a Methodist lay preacher, never had a drink in his life. He was uh, a very gentle chap and he just let me get on with it. He never pushed. He would sit there, he'd take his own little chair and sit and watch. And he always just said, just be yourself and you'll make mistakes, uh, which, which I have done. Um, and so that, you know, I think you, my dad, my, my mother were an absolute tyrant. She used to hit me with all sorts. Um, but my dad was uh, a very gentle chap. What's been your best moment in cricket? Best moment in cricket? Well, nothing beats playing. And so the selfish thing would be, you know, to score a double hundred for England. That was quite special. But from a coaching capacity, to watch them players against South Africa in that five-match series and a real tasty South African team. And we won that series 2-1. You know, that was 
a, a real special time uh, for that group of players. You look at your stats in Test cricket. You played nine Tests and eight ODIs. That double hundred you mentioned, two hundred and fourteen not out, but. Average of 42.46, as people have played a lot more test matches without that average. Do you think you could have had more? Uh, no, I would. At my peak, I'd be good enough if there was an opportunity. And the opportunity was that Geoffrey Boycott wasn't available to play for England. And I was playing OK and got in the team. But if, if I slipped below my A game, I wouldn't be good enough. So if you've got 214 not out in one do, you're going to have a decent average. Um, yeah. But it was an enjoyable time. You know, I quickly realised that other players were better. I went back to county cricket and had a, a decent time there. Um, I'm, I'm an advocate of county cricket. I like county cricket, as it was in my time with three-day county cricket. And for a time on uncovered pitches, that was a bit tasty. Do you think the fact that you were you were in that position and you'd, you'd had a taste of English cricket and you knew what it took to get there made you a better coach when you got that chance? Yeah, definitely. And, and whilst I was playing, I had the good sense to take all my coaching badges and saw that it would stand me in good stead. And I umpired a while. That was fabulous and you know I despair now I just absolutely despair that an umpire gives a decision and a player questions the decision I just think of all the great umpires that these lads their feet wouldn't have touched the floor to question a decision there's one fella out in India has walked onto the field to question a decision. They should have thrown the book at him. It's just the modern way. And uh, having been on the umpires committee at ICC, and I was absolute strong advocate of yellow card, red card, for one reason, to let the punter, the fella and the lady and the child who's watching, knows immediately that there's been a misdemeanor there. He's got a yellow card or he's got a straight red and he's off. As it is now, the, it, there's a report by the match referee and somehow down the line it comes out in the wash and it's diluted. Yellow and red cards are the way forward. What's been your worst moment in cricket? My worst moment in cricket, I don't think I've really had one uh, because it's that sort of game where you're up and down. You've got elation, you've got despair and you've got to deal with it. And, and it's that same old story, you've got to get back on your bike. And so in, in any walk of life and in particular sport, you're not on a bound to win. And it's how you deal with a defeat that will define you. And, you know, I wouldn't, I've had some bad moments, um, but I wouldn't say that it wouldn't be part and parcel of a, a great journey. And success tastes better because you've had those bad moments. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. And, you know, I'm a massive football fan and horse racing. And I like my golf. In fact, I'm a bit of a sport freak. And I understand, the, you know, the effort that goes in to being the best you can. And sometimes the opposition is better. And you've you just got to put your hand up to that and go again to, to strive and improve. The listeners to the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast have gone up by 580% in the last 12 months. Thank you so much for all of your support for the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast. And if you want to advertise on the show, well, of course you can. You're more than welcome to play your part as the podcast goes from strength to strength. We get in front of a lot of people out there. It's a real opportunity for you to put your business in front of the cricket world. Get in touch with us, cricketbadger at hotmail.com. Become part of the Cricket Badger family. Who was your cricket hero when you were young? Gary Sorbers was uh, my hero. A fantastic player. Still see him from time to time. He's still... Gets his golf ball around over in Barbados. So growing up, he would be Gary Sobers and a privilege to play against him when he played at Nottinghamshire and also when he played against Lancashire for the West Indies. Um, 
he's a fabulous bloke, a fabulous cricketer, and he very matter of fact, Gary, tell you he never went to bed before three o'clock in the morning. I've heard a few stories about that. Yeah, I, I met him a couple of times out in Barbados, and he's a, he's a gentleman, isn't he? Well, he, he's a cricket man, in my, in my opinion. He, he, he just enjoyed his... He, he was brilliant at what he did and just enjoyed himself. Oh, he, he, always, he always had a smile on his face. He's probably smiling, thinking that I'm a lot better than you lot. <laughs> <laughs> if you could trade lives, Bumble, with any current cricketer for a day, who would you choose to live in the skin of to see what it was like? Uh, Virat Kohli. I mean, he is approaching the best player I've ever seen. You know, I'd always say Gary, because that's how it is. Um, the three best batsmen have always been Gary Sorbus, Brian Lara and Vivian Richards, three West Indians. But I watched this bloke Corley play, and I've met him a couple of times, and he's a very engaging lad. And I think the way that he's worked on his game... And Jimmy Anderson would do him for a pastime. But he worked on his game uh, and he came through all that. And I think he's a very rounded cricketer and he can play in any conditions. And then he's got to deal with that fanatical public. You know, I mean, the Indian supporter, are crikey. There's nothing else. It's just cricket, cricket, cricket. And I don't get it. It's just a game. And there's lots of other things that you can occupy yourself. But if you're an iconic Indian cricketer, you have to deal with that. So I'd only like it for a day. Yeah, only for a day. You'd, you'd find out to nip down to Sainsbury's or whatever the Indian equivalent is of Sainsbury's, wouldn't you, for a pork pie? Well, I struggle now. Well, they wouldn't be going for a pork pie. I struggle no. now <laughs> if I go down to our shop or go in the pub or on the railway station. Oh, come on, give us a selfie. Come on. Um, so what it's like for them, lads, I don't know. And that, yeah, that's another thing. that I, I get that from time to time on social media. It's a lost generation. Nobody knows Ben Stokes. Nobody knows Joe Root. Well, how come they know me? then all i do is commentate on it how come all these people know me and stop me in the street and give us a selfie come on how come they know me ch- i'm going to put you in charge of world cricket for days bumble if you could have one thing you could change about cricket what would you change time wasting um, jump on that immediately the yellow and red cards and as you know the the umpire's position should be much stronger i'd change that immediately that he is in charge not the player the umpire as it used to be i'd changed that like yesterday yellow and red cards any misdemeanor you're off the field mate shut up bat and ball sounds like common sense to me that oh, oh um, time wasting i mean a pair of gloves bring me another bat bring me a towel bring me a tablet bring me a drink i've got to tell you this and i won't say who the player is because he's lovely i watched a game very recently and there was a wicket after three deliveries in the game, and the non-striking batsman called for a drink. Yeah. I'll leave that with it's you. It's just a matter of course, isn't it? You watch the one-day games, and there could be a clatter of wickets in three overs, six wickets in three overs, and after every single wicket, the drinks come out. Yeah. That makes bring me, sense. That's it. Bring me a towel. Bring me a drink. I want another bat. Bring me some gloves. Bring me a pill. I want to see the physio. I want to see anybody. Somebody come on and have a chat. And then it, it, during the over, the batsman, for some reason, will just walk down and have a chat. Where are you going? Come back here, do all that at the end of the over. Yeah. Next question, Bumble. They say all rock stars want to be sportsmen and vice versa. If you could have been famous in any other field, what would you have chosen to be famous at? Do you mean as a, as a rock star? You could, be, you could be anything. You could be a tennis player, a rock star, a golfer. But I've, I've seen your impression of Elvis. Yeah, I, I like my music, of course. I'm a bit of a... You've you done rock. a Johnny Cash impression as well, haven't you? I like Johnny Cash, uh, I like Neil Diamond, I'm a massive Rolling Stones fan, Bruce Springsteen, Led Zeppelin, the lot, um, Prefab Sprout, The Fall, 
I could go on and on. I'll fill this podcast forever um, with music. So I, I'm quite happy with, with who I am and what I am. You know, I'm not too bothered about being somebody else. Just in the front row when they're playing. Yeah, uh, I like that. You know, just entertainment, and I like being entertained, and that's what cricket is as well. Like I used to say. A lot of times when I was coaching, I'd, look, I'm here for seven hours, lads. Entertain me. It's a long old day, isn't it? Cricket. It's getting longer. Going longer and longer. So you, maybe you can answer this for me, because I brought this up on the podcast in the past, but you know when they talk about taking, making it four-day test matches, but still trying to keep the same number of overs? They can't bowl the overs in the day they've got now, so how can they do it if they condense it into four? No, it's not, not going to happen. I can see the argument. I, I certainly would listen to the argument, but the game itself is going slower and slower. Um, 15 overs an hour, they, they, get, they might do 12, 13, because there are that many stoppages, so many. Yeah. And the umpires, to be honest, don't help. They do a lot of strolling about and having a chat. Pat DRS and the technology, which is taking time out. They almost pat themselves on the back when they get the overs in on, on time, which is the bare minimum, really, isn't it? Yeah, and there are many people, and I can understand that argument, and say, what's your problem? We've seen a great day's entertainment. But what you do, there is a number of people say, well, hang on, I've paid 100 quid for this for 90 overs, and I've only seen 83. Can I get a refund? Well, you know, it doesn't work that way. So, you know, I can understand the argument, but it's probably the way of the world. If you could meet anybody, living or dead, a hero of yours or somebody you admire, who would you like to meet? Well, not anybody I admire. I've mentioned this before on television. Uh, I'd like to meet the fella that pinched me lawnmower out my shed. That's who I really (laughs) would like to meet. Um, He's got a nice garden. Yeah, and it was a nice lawnmower, and it belonged to me. And so... You know, I'm not bothered about meeting anybody, to be honest. I, I like my mates. I've got some great mates who have no interest whatsoever. They've not a clue what I do. I got one last night. You're coming for a pint? I'm in Bristol. What are you doing there? I'm working at a cricket match. All right, okay. And so he wouldn't have a clue. You know, my mates uh, up in North Yorkshire and down here in Manchester and up at Accrington. You know, I'm just just the ordinary bloke. So I'm not bothered about meeting anybody, to be honest. Is it quite nice to have non-cricketing mates? Because a cricket season is all-consuming, isn't it? It's quite nice to have a breather, I'd imagine, talk about something different. Yeah, yeah. um, It it, it is exactly that, that, uh, you know, where I go, that nobody nobody really knows, that just I go in. I tend to seek out, and I don't mean this in a derogatory term, but quiet pubs. I like, I'm early doors. I like me early doors. I like me hour chatting. And I have two halves and chat with me mates and then go home and get the tea on. <laughs> Who would play you in Bumble the movie? Uh, Lee Mike, if it were my, if it, if it were anything to do with me, Lee Mike or Count Arthur Strong. I was going to ask you about him because I'm a big fan of Count Arthur Strong on Radio Floor Extra. He's, he's incredibly funny. I've seen you tweet about him in the past. Yeah, and uh, there's another bloke called Steve Delaney keeps cropping up as well. I don't know what he's got to do with him, but Count <laughs> Arthur Strong is the man, and, yeah, and I'm yeah. a. a Great, great fan of Early Doors, uh, Craig Cash and Phil Mealy, who, yeah. who wrote that. And it's a travesty that it's not on, on the BBC. Well, how they've not put that back on, that's a massive own goal. But Lee Mack, I think, is incredibly funny. John Richardson, um, yeah. Alan Partridge, a lot of them. Your feedback to the Cricket Budget podcast is much appreciated. Cricketbudget at hotmail.com. Fancy sending us an email? Send us a tweet at cricket underscore badger. 
and make sure you follow that Twitter feed too. We've got plenty of great guests planned over the coming weeks. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing. Do it now. Now. Now I tell you. You don't strike me as being a nervous person. This question is, what's the last time you can remember feeling really nervous? Are you a nervous kind of individual? I was nervous yesterday, just coming on air at Bristol. I'm nervous every time. And it wouldn't be right if I wasn't nervous. Got to get this right. Got to do it right. So, I, you know, I am a, a nervous bloke. I tend to keep myself to myself. Work-wise, you want to improve all the time. And I don't think, you know, I've got, I've got a little boat as well and I'm nervous when I'm parking that because I don't want to mess up and bump into people, which you do. Your nickname's Bumble. Is that because you buzzed about and was that nervous energy? No, that's because of Michael Benteen in about 1965, he had a programme called The Bumbly Men, uh, The Bumbles, and they, in the dressing room they thought I looked like them. Right, OK. What is the top item on your bucket list? To ride a horse. Have you never um, done that? Yeah, I've never ridden a horse. I'm getting a bit late now. I'm 72, but I love going racing, and I think the jockeys are absolutely incredible. I certainly wouldn't want to ride a racehorse, but I, I will definitely do it. I've got a place up North Yorkshire, in the, right in the hills and what have you, and I want to ride a horse on a Sunday morning round the lanes. Be lovely. I'm surprised Sky haven't done that to you because they've sent you on. They've sent you up those great big crane things, haven't they? They've done quite a bit to you. I'm surprised they haven't stuck you on a horse and sent it off 100 miles an hour. Well, I've I've been on a steam train. I've done that in the you know, whatever it's called on a footplate. I've took my motorbike test and passed that. Got a motorbike. Got rid now because there's that many people on the phones. They're in the car on the phone, and they you know they don't know you're there. They don't see yeah. you. So I, I don't do my motorbike now. And it it was a it was a classy bike. It was an 800 ST BMW. It went like the clappers. Are you a morning or a night person? It takes me ages to get out of bed. I do like my bed. I'm in bed normally on a non-working day. I'll be in bed at 9 o'clock and I'll go through till 8 o'clock and then you've got to prize me out. But I've just really started trying to get up at 7. And so it takes me and my wife, me and my wife Diana, we've got to crank ourselves in the morning to get a, a cup of tea and then sort the dog out. But it, it takes a bit of time to, to get ready. What celebrity annoys you the most? I don't know. I've never given it any thought. What celebrity? I don't know. I don't know any celebrities. Well, that, that answers the question. There isn't one then, is there? No. I, I don't think I know any. There's a couple of blokes down the pub annoying me, but there we are. On a scale of one to ten, with ten being the Fonz, how cool are you? Yeah, I'm about two, I think, if, if that. <laughs> I'll give myself a two. If you could access a time machine, where and when would you go? Uh, well, where do I like going? I know what you mean. I like going to New Zealand. I think New Zealand is fantastic. And so there, there are a million places that I've never been to, so I can't comment. Um, but I do like uh, New Zealand and, you know, the people there, the openness about the place. It's a great lifestyle. And I'm lucky enough for, through my job to go there, so... I think New Zealand, which is a bit of a boring answer, really. I like Mallorca as well, which is even more boring. Um, I, I had David Gower on Bumble, and when, when David Gower got asked that question, he, he said that because he'd spent all of his life in cricket, he was looking forward to some time where he could go into Europe and do a few other bits and bats, because cricket 
it's played in the same countries and you kind of go around that circuit, don't you? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm not, not one of them when we go on holiday. Here's a temple and here's a cathedral and here's a this and here's a that. And right, OK. Um, and we went on a safari once and I have to tell you, it, it was OK. I did, I, it, it, she dragged me there kicking and screaming. <laughs> and it, here's a giraffe, yeah. And there's another, yeah. And that's an elephant, sure it is. Yeah, look at that lion, he's asleep. Well, don't wake it up, for goodness sake. Um, <laughs> what time can we go back? Uh, but it, it was okay, actually. Um, answer the question I was, was going to ask you about where in the world would you like to go. The, the question I asked, actually asked you was about if you had a time machine and could go back into a different era. Um, oh, right. If you could, yeah, if you, if you could go back to any time or even go ahead to another time, where would you, is there anywhere that in history that you'd like to go back to and that's the experience? Well, I went to a technical school, so we didn't do history, um, but I've always been interested. And I think that, you know, going back into the early 1900s, it, it, one, it would have been horrendous, uh, but two, I, I, I thought it, it, it'd be quite good as well. Yeah. And it would be totally unhealthy with all the smoke and the smog and, you know, we didn't have creature comforts in, in those days like we do have now, so... You know, go back to, I mean, go back to, like, Barney Rubble's time, like the Flintstones, that must have been good as well. There's <laughs> um, no transport you, for a kick-off. Would you fancy going back to a kind of W.G. Grace era match and seeing what cricket was like back in those times? No. <laughs> i answer that. Um, if you could change one thing about yourself, would you, is there anything that you'd, uh, you'd tinker with? Oh, there'd be a lot of things, I think, that, you know, you let yourself down from time to time and, oh, yeah, I could be a bit more tolerant at home, but I suppose that's just in your makeup and one thing or another. Yeah. Um, I wish I could sit down more and settle down and always doing something. Yeah. But then you get you, knackered you... and want to go to sleep. Are you looking for a book to buy? Following on in the footsteps of Cricketing Fathers by James Butler. Rated five stars on Amazon. Ever wondered what it was like to be the son of a famous father? Would you live in his shadow or find the skill and strength to create your own limelight? Following on explores the multi-generational nature of cricket and examines the father and son relationships in sport. How does the weight of expectation, advantage or pressure to succeed influence a young cricketer's progress as they follow in the footsteps of a successful father? Do cricketing sons have a head start in their genes? Is there a gene for elite cricket performance? Following on is based on exclusive interviews with Liam Botham, Alan Ian and Mark Butcher, Nick Compton, Chris Graham and Fabian Cowdery, Simon Dennis, Brett Dolivera, Alan and Mark Elam, Dale Hadley, Dean Headley, Simon Jones, Jake Lehman, David and Graham Lloyd, Martin Moxon, Arnie and Ryan Sidebottom, Alex Stewart and Tim and Chris Tremlett. The issues are developed and discussed with the words of the players themselves and also sports psychologists and experts in genomics. James Butler takes us on a journey of discovery, asking the questions and examining the responses while making comparisons with other sports and the worlds of entertainment and business. For any cricket lover, available on Amazon and in all good bookshops, published by Great Northern Books. Following on in the footsteps of Cricketing Fathers.
Hi, my name is Brian Lara, and you're listening to the Cricket Batcher podcast. You were good enough to give me an interview when I was writing my book about fathers and sons in cricket, and I spoke to you and Graham, and you were telling me about your other sons at the time, one of, one of which was a, a champion bodybuilder, and you were following him in, into the gym. Are you still doing that? No, me, me, I've got sort of feet issues, and I've got a metal knee. My feet, I, I struggle uh, with my feet, and they hurt, and I've got a bad back, which is not getting any better so uh, it's cycling now and I'm just in the process of getting an electric bike I've got a very nice road bike and I'm going to get one of them electric ones which will just give me that little push up the hill they seem to be all the rage they're very expensive so I'm saving up for one of them but gym wise lifting and power lifting I've, I think I've, I've finished with that because it just hurts too much is, but the other, still doing that? Graham the eldest lad is very very placid I wish I could be as placid as him my Second son, who's in my garden now, is more placid than than Graham. My son Ben is the bodybuilder. Uh, he's done wonderfully well, and he's a super lad, and just had, had a little baby with his partner. And then there's my daughter Sarah, who's as mad as a box of frogs, and, and she seems to spend all the time in Ibiza, Benidorm, or Fuerteventura. I keep seeing <laughs> pictures of her in all sorts of places, and, and she's got a nice delicatessen. And her claim okay. to fame is that she's met Will Young. He walked in the shop <laughs> for a sandwich. The, the, was that, it was you. Graham told me about I think it might have been Graham he used to get fed up a little bit when he used to go out and the first question anybody asked him was about how you were rather than about him it was always how's your dad how's your dad getting on and stuff like that and he told him a story one day about he's following the freezer do you want to, you yeah. want to take that story on because you tell it better than I do well, it, it, I mean he's, de- he's so deadpan he's Graham he said oh no have you not heard he said he fell in the freezer he said it's one of them chest freezers he was, he was right at the bottom you're going for a bag of carrots anyway he, uh, he, he said he's had a shocking time oh what did you do then well we had tough peas <laughs> <laughs> I put that me. in the book and it's, it's hard to uh, it's hard to actually put that in the book and actually get it in his in his sort of phraseology but it's it there's, there's loads of things when you write it down when you're written like on twitter you write something down on twitter and you think crikey that's funny and then everybody yeah. takes offense it just doesn't look right when it's written down because you don't you can't tell what tone it's been said no you know you can put no. a, like a flippant funny comment and and just in in cold words that's offensive that is because yeah. crikey you every, find- you, everything's pc you can't put a word out of place now there's somebody on your back. Do you find sometimes, well, I, I do a tweet sometimes, and I think, oh, that's funny. And it just completely, nobody retweets it, nobody likes it, nobody does anything with it. Then you put out something else, which is just like a little throwaway comment, and it suddenly lights up the internet. It's, there seems to be no rhyme or reason to social media sometimes. Oh, the scourge of Twitter. I, I very rarely do cricket. I don't bother much with cricket. I've only been in it 57 years, because everybody knows far more about it than I do. So I, I steer clear of that. And I, do a lot of, I do a lot of direct messaging on cricket matters, but I ain't getting involved public, because everybody knows it far more about it than I do. The final question, Bumble, thank you very much for your time today. It's really appreciated. If you'd been picking these questions and you could have asked yourself anything, what would you have asked yourself to get a really good answer? Oh, God. Give me a Bumble exclusive. You'd have to come back tomorrow. I can't think of anything. What, what can you ask me? <laughs> You've probably been asked everything in your time, haven't you? Well, he is, he is, I mean, it's to do with the business, if you like. How have you lasted so long? And how would you answer that? The voice. Is it simple as that? 
I think it is. I think it's a voice that is, it's a good broadcast voice. I've half an idea what I'm on about as well. I'm getting there. I've said <laughs> I'm 57 years, I'm getting there. I've an idea what I'm on about. I mean, your voice is distinctive, isn't it? You turn the telly on and you know it's you. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm trying to say. It's a distinctive voice. You know, it's got a, a an accent to it. It's quite deep. I've got, you know, the inflections are there. Um, you know, when people are... They're asking me to work for them. You know, they, they would mention the voice. Yeah. I actually missed the question there before I got onto that one. What, what do you think you'll be doing in 10 years' time? Because, well, you're 72 now. You, how long have you got left in the commentary books, would you think? I'm not trying to get rid of you, by the way. I'd, I'd like to keep you in there for as long as possible. Well, it, it, I mean, the commentary, it, it, it's moving quickly. And I've got excellent bosses. I've got absolutely brilliant bosses. And when the time's right, I know that, that we will sit down and say, look, it's been great. It's been a blast. And it, it won't be too far away, obviously. I, I, I certainly don't want them wheeling me out. You know, if I do last another 10 years, I certainly won't be doing this. I'm, I'm not. I will not outstay me welcome, definitely. I will know, my bosses will know, who I'm really close to, and we'll sit down and have a beer. Right, this is what we're doing. One of the things you come famous for is not is doing those little pitch inspections kind of around the back of places. And I saw you in Abu Dhabi doing one outside the back of Dunn there, and you've been down a, like a cave or something doing a pitch inspection uh, down there. When, when did they start? How did, how did that come about? It, they started on Soccer AM. They'd have a little slot on Soccer AM and, and, to do a pitch, a spoof pitch report. And we just sat down and planned them and got more outrageous trampoline bounce and tennis ball bounce. And there's a bit of a crack here. And that's when we went down that ravine. And, and so we then started, me and Ian Ward, really, uh, me, Ian Ward and Rob Key, when we'd be... So the night before, we'd go and have a, a beer somewhere and then we'd see a plot of land and, and see a rough area. That's a pitch report. Yeah, we'll do on there. And we just knock it off in 30 seconds. And it's extraordinary. You get 100,000 hits. Yeah. 100,000. Yeah. And we've done it in 30 seconds. One take, that's it. Oh, the and they're just spoof they're pitch reports. And I, I, I think we should do more of them, to be honest. But Yeah, they're very, very funny. I really like them. And I hope you do many more. And I hope you have many more years in the commentary box because uh, it's always a pleasure listening to you and seeing you on the telly and uh, thank you very much for your time today Bumble that's alright I've enjoyed it thanks ever so much I'm off to Lancashire and North Ants now go for it all the best for the summer thanks ever so much it's that Badger style thank you very much for David Lloyd Bumble legend of the game and great value as a guest this week i think you'll agree on the podcast he made me laugh anyway thank you to cricket 365 for their association with the cricket podcast please on whatever platform you're listening add a like subscribe give us a nice generously glowing comment and it all helps keep the cricket badger podcast going from strength to strength as we go through 2019 If you do subscribe, you'll make sure that you catch next week's show as well because I've got a great guest lined up for next week too. Daniel Norcross, BBC TMS commentator extraordinaire, will be joining me to preview the 2019 Cricket World Cup. What a summer we have ahead for us cricket lovers. The Cricket World Cup, the Ashes, the County Circuit, the sun has started to shine. All is right with the world. Long may it continue. Thank you very much for joining me this week. I've been James and until next week, enjoy your cricket badges. Sports Social Podcast Network.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.